Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today our episode, Confidence. So let's set the stage. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and we just finished up another development meeting, another successful one, on a late Monday afternoon. That's right. Yes, it's good to have that workout in the Talking Not Ranting studio. East and West. Because <laughs> we've actually never recorded an actual episode in the same room. Yeah. You know, I saw a note that you sent about that and I thought, really? I thought at the beginning we did, but you know, we've been doing this in the midst of, of COVID. So uh, I think we taped like four or five kind of devi- developmental type of episodes in your basement. But that was like in February or March and then COVID hit. And so then we had to gear up and over the course of a number of months, actually probably six months or more, we started uh, figuring out how to do this better and better and better. And at some point in the next couple of months, then we got to figure out how to do it in the same, you know, being able to talk to each other in the same room and make it sound uh, proper and and uh, just uh, sound good. So that's our next kind of set of problems that we have to deal with because we're set up to do remote all the time. I agree. I agree. But, you know, it's good. Like I had a last minute appointment tonight and we had to shift things a little bit. So it is uh, it is sweet to be able to do that, to say, OK, hey, listen, let's start a uh, half hour later. And then I was done early so we could start a little bit earlier. And uh, so you're a little bit more fluid to be able to do this. And the technology is it's pretty amazing. I mean, we've talked about COVID, thank goodness, during this uh stressful and challenging time that we have all this technology that we're able to still connect. Yes, maybe not as good as in person, but it's still pretty sweet. It is. What I've uh, found uh, uh, fun about the the production of this is that every once in a while we, we get the hack how to solve another problem. And we're now at the point where unless we make some outrageous investment um, we, we've reached the pinnacle of what we need to do to have a half decent sound. So you're not going to move ahead with the sound uh, sound studio that you were uh, thinking about where uh, investing hundreds of thousands of dollars for uh, uh, this podcast in your home? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you should see the size of the room that this happens in, buddy. I don't think it could handle any of that stuff. Yeah, because you've had soundproof, there wouldn't be move. There won't be space to move around <laughs> or sit down. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, listen, uh, both Greg and I uh, have spent a lot of time uh, being managers. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will start at the perspective of the employee and move on from there. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations and that we've learned from them. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. I think we're going to have a really good discussion today, Greg. Mm-hmm. 100%. So today's episode, confidence. You're dealing with your manager, maybe a new one, and you experience all or some of the following. Your boss is an overconfident person. They always think they know what is correct. Your boss is overconfident and don't, and they don't seek out or receive other opinions or information. Your boss is overconfident and is dismissive of any other ideas. Your boss is underconfident and hides away from decisions or situations. Your boss is underconfident and won't make a decision or be decisive. 
So Greg, how do you think this affects our relationships and the work environment? Well, it's funny. I was going to add another one that says, uh, your boss is sometimes overconfident and sometimes underconfident. And I don't know what the heck's going on. Uh, cause that's also been an experience of mine, you know, depending on, and often it's where they're a subject matter expert. They're really overconfident in the subject matter expert stuff. And then they, they move to the opposite side when it's something they don't know, but all of these situations, you know, confidence in itself is not a bad thing. In fact, my purpose in life is to uh, unlock and release potential and confidence through creating safe, brave spaces. So confidence is really valuable. It, it what makes things happen. It what is what creates uh, space. But, you know, confidence can also be something that when overused or underused, this is where it gets really mucky. You know, I I, uh, I talk about uh, a formula, and I've done this in a couple of our our uh, podcasts. The formula of building trust, and it's um, reliability plus uh, credibility plus intimacy over relation over self confidence. But when self confidence is way high, that means that bottom number on the formula is way too high, and it actually puts you in negative trust. When it's zero, it also, you know, whatever your number is over zero is also uh, put you in a bad spot from a building trust. So what happens is when folks are way overconfident or way underconfidence, um, it creates lack of trust. It can actually pull down trust, pull down efficiency, pull down effectiveness, pull down engagement. And man, oh man, this is not the time of, if there ever was a time, to uh, create spaces that have little trust or disintegrating trust. And this is what happens when people tend to be overconfident or way underconfident. It's finding the balance and creating the space where you grow confidence in a healthy, respectful way. That's cool. I was quite fortunate to... Um, see uh, really good leadership with a very balanced confidence level early on. And then shortly afterwards, I had the opposite. And it, it's funny because probably my first real experience with a manager who's a sergeant and he was so confident, but you were, you always felt comfortable that he was listening to you. He would seek out stuff. He wasn't over the top. Uh, I remember our first training day after two hours of training, we had about half an hour before we had to go on the road and I was looking for him for something. He was out on the, the back porch of the police station, uh, cooking up hamburgers for the troops before they went out. And, and he was just this really balanced person. And like, he would get angry if you did something wrong, but he was always approachable, especially to somebody like me that was new. And then I had the opposite where, you know, the sergeant would come in on parade and we would parade before we go on the, sh on the, on the road. There'd be sometimes 40 of us sitting in a room. And the minute he started talking, you just see everybody, including myself, just check out, mm -hmm. which, which was, you know, unfortunate because he wasn't stupid. He was a, a, a very smart individual. And some of the stuff that he said was very important, but just, it was his delivery and his credibility and people go, Oh my goodness. And so, you know, fortunately that there weren't that many people like that, but in workplaces, you know, we do have a variety of people that approach the situation with different levels of confidence. And some of it is uh, very negative on the workplace. Well, you know, it's a really fine balance. And uh, right now, 
This is a tricky time. Uh, you know, there's lots changing and you don't know what's going to happen the next month, the next six months or whatever. I was on a call this morning and with a number of business leaders and they were talking about the importance of being confident in these days for their teams. So, and they talked about optimism. They talked about, you know, providing a place of belief that we're going somewhere, but they also talked about the balance of being vulnerable within that confidence. And I think it is that balance again, not underconfident, because if you're underconfident that people start to get freaking out that, hey, is this organization still gonna be around? And that type of thing, overconfidence can um, lead to blind, uh, you know, kind of faith in something that really isn't there or a belief that they're in la la land or whatever. But it's kind of finding that balance between that vulnerability, which of course, Brené Brown always talks about and this, you know, trust that, that you are. And I think your examples are really good. And I, I too have had those folks that, uh, you know, were either confident in the, in a sense that they didn't listen and you didn't believe them or confidence in you cared and they were enthusiastic and you wanted to believe them, but you weren't really sure. So it's tricky. It's such, such a really interesting conversation of how do we show up as managers to create enough confidence, but not overdo it, not underdo it, but create that really nice uh, space that, that holds um, for others to gain their confidence and for others to bring their voices forward. Uh, but is that middle, it's that middle space and really kind of knowing when you need to step up and actually take the lead, show the confidence and where you need to kind of pull back and allow others to do it. It's just, uh, but you're right. It's all about confidence and both how you're, how you're showing up and what you're creating. Well, there's been a recurring theme over the last couple of weeks on the podcast and, uh, um, and that's to be yourself. And I think confidence and being yourself are linked. And when you pretend to be somebody else or put on some kind of facade or, or, or turn away from who you are, I think that that affects your confidence in the way people see you. I think you're so right because it's confidence in who I am and who I'm not. And, and it's as big a part to say, listen, I know that this is not my thing or I know this is not my gift. Therefore, I need to tap into others to help balance my my whole approach. I agree. That's a, that's a great point. So what are some common sense things as a manager to help deal with this situation? And uh, the first one, you are part of a team. Act like it. Well, that's a little bit of both ends, right? Because when I am uh, when I am just overconfident in a negative way, uh, or even in a way that I don't even intend to, then I'm not tapping into the team. I'm just doing it myself. I know what's right and that type of thing. When I'm underconfident, I'm not tapping into the broader resources of the team. So you're right. We are always better in the collective. We are always better with different voices to being inclusive at the table. And the best managers know that. They recognize that they're, yes, they have a role, and yes, they have to step up more in certain circumstances than others, whatever that word I just said. I'm not even sure what that is. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, and, and other times they need to step back. But it's within that team. Well, there's a, a telling moment when you can uh, discern 
what your manager is like and confidence feeds into that as well is when there's a success how do they describe that success to others especially their bosses look what i've done or look what the team has done Mm -hmm. it gives you a little bit of insight into who they are and how they manage confidence yeah and you know the best of them i would add one other thing and that's when you know this is what we've done Here's the part that I played in helping this made happen. Here's whatever. You can still be proud of who you are and confident in what you've brought, but it's that broader acknowledgement that really is a, is a signal that this is a great leader. And the second one, chances are you're probably not the overall smartest person on the team. Probably not. And definitely not in everything. So you may be narrowly gifted in one area, but certainly not everything. And uh, the sooner you discover that, <laughs> the better. I had, uh, when I became a sergeant, uh, I had a very senior sergeant as my partner. So there was the two of us and I don't know, we had 30 people. And uh, I remember the first time somebody came up to him and asked him a question. And he goes, I don't know the answer to that. But you know who we should call? You call Greg, get that answer, bring it back to me, and we'll make sure everybody knows what that answer is because this won't be the, the last time that that question comes up. That's really interesting. So it might not that I it might not that I I am uh, I am the smartest with the deepest amount of knowledge in the area, but often what good leaders are is they have networks and they really understand it or they're not afraid to pass on, um, acknowledge others who have that strength. That's, uh, that is, that's uh, really good. Uh, you know, I too have had folks that, you know, it's amazing how you, you, you have pictures of faces flashing in front of you. And I think we said this at the beginning, uh, you know, that I, I see people here, you know, people who just, just really kind of uh, just thought they knew the whole thing. And you knew deep down inside, they were so scared. You could, you could see that even if people's eyes were, weren't rolling, you could feel the eyes rolling. And they're insecure, right? Sometimes, you know, the sign of somebody that's really insecure is somebody that thinks they know, know everything. Mm -hmm. And you need to ask yourself a question. Don't you want the best information and experience to solve the issue or get the task done? Yeah. You know, again, this session that I had this morning with leaders, you know, the other big thing was common theme was what helped them get through this exercise. So this person, the, the exercise was a great one. They asked as a, everyone to say in one minute, what was a big hill they climbed? Uh, uh, what was it? How they got through it? And what was the wow at the end? And, and I would say probably about a third or maybe a half of them, part of the how was recognizing that I didn't have to do it or couldn't do it alone and tapping into a broader community that helped me through it. So I think you're really, really right in this one. You, the, the, the broader community is going to give you multiple perspectives and, and you're just going to tap into greater pools of, of knowledge and experience. And people don't like to work with know-it-alls or people that think they walk on water. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know what? They might show up in the meeting and smile and say, yeah, yeah. But, you know, afterwards, A, they won't be putting their best into it. Or B, often people find different ways around it. And or different uh, doors out of the organization. So you lose good people because sooner or later, it just gets too tiring. And I've, uh, uh, you know, both you and I have worked for um, many, many, many years. And the best managers, when they move around, people that work for them, follow them around. Or maybe they've, uh, they haven't seen them in a bit and they find out they're in a new position and they kind of like that area. They want to work with them and they make a move to go over and work with that manager. People really like, you know, well-balanced, good-mannered, centered people that are good to work for. Mm-hmm. No question. And if you don't feel confident about being the boss, everyone else probably doesn't think that way and just expects you to get on with it. Imposter syndrome is quite common uh, when you first become a boss, uh, a manager or a leader. And uh, it's natural to have those doubts but the reality is the practical uh, application is when you show up at a job, people just expect you're going to do the job. They're not normally thinking that you're going to fail. They just want to get on with it. Yeah, and there's great ways to approach it, right? Um, one is this whole uh, this whole really um, accelerating concept of vulnerability and saying, yeah, I don't know. Like you said, that, that person that you work with, one of the best bosses that jumps to your mind is the one that said, you know, I don't know. Uh, so actually being open and honest with what you don't know. Um, also pausing and asking uh, others, you know, if you're not fully confident, you know, there's some great things you can do like, hmm, that's a fantastic question. What do others think? What's the experience that we've had here so far that has helped us think through this and they, let, let, share different perspectives, allow the group to bubble up the ideas and to, especially if you're new to the culture or the organization, you're not going to know stuff. But what you can do is ask great questions to kind of unearth that stuff. And, you know, when you do that, what happens is you provide space for others' confidence to grow. Uh, and and so it, it's, uh, you know, when you don't feel confident, ask questions. And, and every once in a while I'll say, well, you know, I don't know anything about that. Or I just, it's something I don't have the background or skills or be more vulnerable. Um, now, if you say, I don't know everything, I know, I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know over time. That's not going to work out very well, but um, generally I think there are, there are paths you can take that will help you slowly grow your confidence uh, and allow others to do the same. And we've kind of talked around this the last little bit, but um and we'll just emphasize the point and just add one thing onto it. When someone comes up to you and you don't know the answer, it's not, it's not a weakness to say you don't know. It actually shows confidence. And it models such a beautiful thing. You know, how many huge mistakes have occurred because people... Um, didn't have the confidence to raise their voices when something was going wrong. You know, I just actually saw some, uh, watched a show about the Challenger instance. And, uh, you know, that was so devastating for so many people. And so many people knew that stuff was wrong. Uh, but again, folks, um, you know, uh, were afraid to say that they didn't know. And they created an environment that people were afraid to say that something was wrong. 
and devastation happened. So uh, it's actually an ex when you when someone comes up you don't know, saying that you don't know creates a space for people to say, "Oh, okay." When I don't know, I'm going to say it, uh, and I'm going to that will that then I can dive and find out what 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 I do need to know. You know, who can I go to? Whatever those questions might be, but it's actually an accelerator. Far from a weakness, it's actually an accelerator of uh, of business. Yeah, and it actually creates a really open atmosphere. It's funny you bring up the challenger because I was listening to uh, an interview with, and I don't know their last names, but uh, Bob and Doug, the two guys that went up on the first uh, SpaceX man flight, and they're interviewing them, and they somebody kind of keyed on, "You're working for a startup. What's the difference between working for them and working for NASA or the Air Force?" He goes. Well, when we're in the simulator and we don't like something that's happened in the software, we tell them about it. And the next morning when we come in, it's been fixed. People listen to what we have to say. We listen back and we work it out because we're a team and people feel comfortable and confident talking back and forth to each other. And we're confident that we're going to solve the problem. It's interesting. eh? So, as you know, like, again, we're talking confidence can be bad or a good thing, but, but, uh, uh positive confidence, um, opened and inclusive confidence like is that I mean, whatever the words surround that it's so interesting that's 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 amazing right so if i feel that i can say well what's going on here this really didn't work and not be and 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 express my ideas and my concerns to those that are actually building something um but a build up process versus a tear down and again you said something earlier that even the second boss that you really um, you could you didn't work so well. It was a lot on how they uh, how they expressed it. It was all in the delivery, and people people understand when you are the new boss. Take that grace and develop the relationships and the job knowledge that you will need to be successful. And you know, even if you know stuff especially in your new boss coming in and saying, coming in with a curious um, state of mind. Uh, I'm reading a book called uh, the 15 commitments of a conscious leader, which is really interesting. And uh, uh, the language really resonates with me, but they say the best leaders uh, are, are full of uh, curiosity and wonder. I love that second word wonder, but again, you know, I might know stuff as the new boss coming in, but, but why not start with asking to seek to understand, you know, there are certain things that you can then bring your opinion. Here's my experience in going forward, but it's always better to create the space of curiosity and then bring your stuff in at the end, or obviously if it's something really important, but you know, how many of us have worked for managers that have come in the new boss and they're like, okay, let me tell you what I know. Come sit at my feet while I share my wisdom. And how does that make you feel? Well, it makes you feel as if um, uh, it might make you awestruck, um, but then you're going to be really cautious about maybe bringing your thoughts forward. Even if you're not, you know, even if you're not just annoyed or something, but if you're awestruck, that can limit input and engagement sometimes yeah you either play the game or you kind of check out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So as employees, there are a couple of things that we can do to assist, and a bunch of them are kind of talking around the same subject, but we're going to kind of slice the onion a little bit thin here. You kind of got to get to know your boss and figure out the best time and way to approach them to move things forward, whether they have a lack of confidence or too much confidence. If you got to get stuff done, you really have to, to figure out how to talk to them to have the best conversation with them. Yeah, well, that's, I think, really interesting. So what do you do? You know, I can think about if if my boss is not confident of things. Uh, sometimes I have been more brave and stepped in and said, hey, I was thinking about our conversation before and here's two or three things. Can we talk about it? So kind of take the lead and and through that dialogue, help them gain confidence or, you know, hey, I know you're new and, uh, you know, it might be helpful. As, would this be helpful kind of going forward? The ones that I sometimes have more difficult with is the ones that are overly confident, that they actually think they're the gift to the world. Um, and that's, uh, you know, in those situations, often what I've had to do is shelter my team from folks like that. And, and that becomes so tiring. Um, but no matter what, you got to figure it out. It is what it is. So figure out how they work and, and then approach them in the best way. And hopefully uh, people uh, will shift and grow. And if they don't, then you can go because, you know, yeah, over time, it's this, that can be very tiring. So the next two um, suggestions are working with that overconfident boss. So mm. the first one is just something you have to be aware of. Overconfident bosses don't like to be corrected or challenged in public. You will get a very bad reaction from that. Yeah. You know, that's a kind of a, we've talked about this. Like, what do you say in private? And what do you say in public? Um, and how you say it is, is so key. And so the next one kind of feeds off that. Watch for the openings with your overconfident boss to have a good discussion because they can't be that 100% of the time. And I've worked for some very overconfident people. And once you kind of get a feel for how they operate and what they're all about, you know the better times to go in there and have a conversation about something. You just figure it out. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, trust works both ways, right, too. So even if your boss is totally overconfident, you know, thinking of that trust formula, uh, you can create space to have those good discussions if you yourself are credible. If you can bring really th things that are going to help them to be successful, you know, the, the issue might be that they might take your stuff and use it and take credit themselves. That sometimes happens. But often, if you are credible and bring it, if you're reliable, support them when they need support. And then as you deepen relationship, um, I have seen folks that because fear is often at the heart of overcomes. We talked about that. And if you can help reduce the fear and if you can build the the actual shared confidence that we're in this together to help them to be successful as well as yourself, um, it can shift. And often it does shift. Sometimes it takes a while, um, but but it's more practical to to versus you know uh, calling them out in public. That's not going to help. <laughs> you know that's just going to bring it down. And I found uh, having worked for some very overconfident people in my career that that relationship when they realize that you aren't a threat to them, and I don't know why they would think that in the beginning. And a lot of it has to do with insecurity. 
But once they figure out what you're about, I find those situations become much more workable. Yeah, and you know what? Um, leverage that confidence too, because nothing is ever all good or all bad, right? And that's the thing. I mean, you know, there are a very small percentage of those egomaniac, narcissistic, uh, you know, leaders, but they're pretty. They're 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 pretty small percentages. Most of us are just trying to figure it out and are stuck with fear inside us and all those kinds of things. So better to kind of figure out how you can leverage that confidence. It might be to help you move something ahead. It might get them engaged in something. So it's not always bad. There can be a really uh, a really positive way of, uh, of, of leveraging that as well. Yeah, that's cool. So the next couple of points are uh, pointing towards the underconfident boss. And I don't know about you, Greg, but I've been in a couple of these situations as well. Yeah, me too. So be patient with the underconfident boss. It is a great opportunity to develop a healthy relationship and to be helpful. Showing precedence and sufficient background is the key with these people. I've had a few people end up being in charge of me and don't really understand uh, what I do or me because we might come from very different backgrounds. And I found in those situations by providing a little bit more of key information so that they feel comfortable with kind of the business that I'm in, things went a lot easier. And uh, I think they had a lot of questions. They didn't want to ask those questions. And I found by just supplying enough key information and figuring out where the insecurity was with what I was doing, things went a lot better. Yeah. And, you know, you can, there are various ways how you can build those bridges. You know, one could be saying, you know, being a little bolder and saying, you know what, I want to make sure that, uh, uh, you know, you being my new boss, if it's a new boss or or whatever, to uh, understand what I need to do to be most successful. And uh, so I thought as part of that, I kind of share, you know, what I think are my priorities, what I think are the key things that, that I'm that I bring to the organization, how best I can support you and the team going forward while that. So, you know, just kind of explaining some things along that way. The other thing is sometimes, you know, if you're in a meeting and you clearly sense something you know the the embarrassment or that uh lack of confidence and that type of thing you know if if it's a little maybe a little bit further along in your relationship but being able to sit back and say you know hey um that that was a tough meeting and and uh, i'm wondering whether or not it would be helpful if we had some of this information this information to kind of better help us understand the context would that be helpful you know so how do you bring stuff in that can uh, uh, build trust and, and, and strengthen that confidence. And kind of the next step on that is make sure you recognize situations where things work out, especially when the underconfident boss plays a significant role. And when you're, you know, everybody, when something goes well, everybody wants to talk about it, right? You want to rehash it and relive the, the, the victory. And I think that's a great time to say, Hey, Greg, um, thanks for standing up for us in that meeting on Tuesday. That kind of kicked off, uh, you know, closing what we were going to be doing and it all worked out. So thank you very much. They did play a role. So recognizing that is going to help them understand what their role is on this team, especially if they're new and if they're underconfident as well, when they're getting feedback for the, from the people that work for them and they see how it's worked out and they see how everybody pulls together as a team, it's uh, it's a, it's a confidence building measure. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really interesting because I, uh, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about, you know, 
you know, my concept of safe, brave spaces. You know, for me, safe has been, is, is defined, a part of safe for me is kind of creating a space where people can recognize what they have um, and gain confidence. That's the safe. Brave is actually stepping out with confidence into something new or into a new space. And both are so important. And often we do talk about that as that as a leader, as a manager, this is such a powerful thing that you can do is to really acknowledge and create and enable safe, brave spaces for folks to be able to do that. And sometimes that requires you to just reinforce that that something you saw in them that you have you that that is great that they bring that's building of confidence or sometimes it's just nudging and kind of pushing forward and acknowledging but we always talk about this as both ways you can equally do that for your manager if you see an opportunity what's the opportunity for you to create safe brave spaces for your boss uh, because if they as you said if they become more confident it's just going to be better for you as well and for the team because it is an important healthfully confidence is a, is a, such an important aspect and just kind of the next side of that is remember that underconfident bosses sometimes have an imposter syndrome and i don't know about you greg but i've always experienced that a little bit when i've moved into a new role or a new uh, management position it's natural and i and as a, an employee we have to appreciate that that's probably what the, uh, these people are experiencing. Some of that, even if they're totally qualified and like totally the right person for the job, I think everybody questions themselves at some point when they get a new role, especially if they're in charge of other people and maybe they've never been in charge of people before. There's always a little bit of that imposter syndrome going on. Three hundred percent. You know, uh, uh, you know, we talk about the best onboarding programs are ones that folks really quickly understand what their role is how they can contribute, what we're trying to do and going forward. Well, it's the same thing with managers. Managers, you know, when they're starting, they're trying to figure out so much. They have to figure out the people that they're working, who are working for them. If it's a new culture, they have to figure out strategies and going forward. And that can, um, that can create a lot of doubt. You know, I just wrote an article about uh, the critic, inner critics. Boy, do they show up, especially when you're new. And then that often results in that imposter syndrome. You know, it's not real. You actually have the qualifications. So sometimes as employees, we have a beautiful opportunity to help remind them of what they bring. So Greg, just to remind everybody, and I'll put it in the show notes, uh, you do write some blogs and stuff and they show up on LinkedIn. Is that correct? Do they show up somewhere else? LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Um, but LinkedIn and Instagram are probably the most common places they show up and, you know, they end up on my website as well, but those are the places where, where, uh, you will see them the most. Okay. So we'll, we'll put, uh, I see Greg, uh, he pops up on LinkedIn every couple of days talking about something. I used to see him, uh, he'd take videos from his backyard sitting on a, a swing or something. He would talk, uh, it's a little cold for that. So we haven't seen that lately, but. What I'll do is usually we have your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. If you could send me over your Instagram um, address and we'll put that in as well. And, and uh, you know, uh, follow Greg. Uh, he always has these nice little articles and sometimes they actually match up with what we're doing here on Talking Not Ranting and sometimes they don't, but it's probably a, a just, a, and it's manageable, right? You can read it in a couple of minutes and, uh, or listen to you because we get to see some videos of you as well. So I'll make sure I put that in the uh, show notes. 
Yeah, that's great, Alistair, for sure. And you're right. It's amazing how um, how they're dovetailing into each other. A lot of the stuff we talk about. Um, and uh, it's, so it's always good to be able to build upon it. Um, wrap up, Greg. Yeah, so for me, confidence is uh, is an interesting word. It, and I think confidence in itself is a great thing uh, because it helps you explore things. It actually helps you open space for others to explore. It's a beautiful thing. However, when overused or underused, it gets cranky. Uh, and uh, again, I go back to that trust model. When on that bottom of the trust equation is self-confidence, and when it's too much, it lowers trust. When it's not enough, it lowers trust. And so it's finding that sweet spot, sweet spot between confidence and vulnerability, um, sweet spots of, around my expertise, what I'm good at, and that self-knowledge of that, and what I'm not so good at that I need to bring others in. So really uh, understanding this one word uh, is so important and, and being aware of of where you are in that uh, in that level so so i think uh for me I, number one i agree with everything you said there but for me it's all about being yourself people can tell if you're putting one on if you're putting airs on if you're trying to be some, this overconfident i know everything or you're squirreling away because you, you feel uh, you got a bit of imposter syndrome going on people um they know who you are. They figured you out pretty quickly. So just be yourself. And if you have to say, Hey, I, I really don't know what the answer to that is. Uh, what have you guys done in the past? Okay. Why do we do it that way? And how is that successful? Okay. How does that example relate to this one? Will it have the same effects and stuff? And just being yourself, because that's what they want, right? They want to know who their boss is. They want to be able to trust their boss and be able to have a good relationship with them. And I think that, you know, directly affects confidence and how you show up. I agree hundred percent. And you know what? It's a lot less tiring to be yourself. Scary at the beginning, uh, but it's a lot less tiring. You know, there's so much spin going on when we're trying to be somebody else. I agree. I agree. And, and no one likes to be, um, uh, tired, like going to work. You just know, right. Okay. I've got to, I've got to, you know, put on this face for the next eight or 10 hours. And it's, it's just tiring. Then when I come home, I'm in a bad mood. It's just better to be yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what people, uh, ex expect from you. Mm -hmm. So give it to them. Why not? Mm -hmm. So folks, uh, we hope that some of what we have spoken about, you find helpful. We hope that we didn't say anything that you found offensive or made you angry, but Greg, your philosophy. Yeah, you know, uh, we end each of our podcasts with a great insight I learned early on in coaching and that the best coaching scenarios were ones in which I felt a little crunchy, you know, maybe a little annoyed uh, and and a little and a lot joyful or a little joyful at least. And so the the crunchiness and annoyed is often when I heard something that maybe I disagree with, I reacted to. But, you know, deep down inside, it, it's a, like a little nudge to say, this is something you need to dig a little bit deeper on. And so the crunchiness and the, uh, the feeling peeved is, is often a good sign to dig deeper. And uh, joy, of course, is really just acknowledging making traction, 
feeling good about what you've done. And sometimes we dismiss those as well. So what we try to do in this is create an environment where by listening to some of our suggestions, by hearing some of the faults and the stumblings that we've made that you 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 maybe feel a little churn, a little bit of peeve and frustration and a little bit of joy, but both of them are beautiful learning areas that you, if you take, reflect upon them, decide what you want to use with them and then apply them to move forward as a leader. Boy, sweet, sweet stuff. Confidence. Mm-hmm. So Greg, I think it's time for a shout out. And I have no idea what state this is in, but there's one person from Centerville who's joined the club. Welcome. Centerville. Sounds like that uh, Jim Carrey uh, movie from years ago, uh, Lost in Centerville. No, that wasn't it. It was something like that. But uh, uh, wow, that's good. Well, I always love the new, the different names that are coming up, right? So uh, welcome. And We've got a shout out uh, to the Oakville crowd. They are just nailing it right now. We are getting uh, quite a few people, not just downloading one episode, but downloading 10, 15, 20 episodes. They're, they're hitting the catalog all the way up and down. So thank you, home team, for uh, continuing to uh, support us. We appreciate it. Well, you know, it's been pretty cold. So I think, you know, people are staying inside and what better way to stay inside, get on your elliptical or your treadmill or whatever you do uh, and just listen to one of the podcasts. They're not that long and, uh, you know, they're pretty they're pretty practical. There's always going to be one or two nuggets that you can take out and say, oh, yeah, yeah, um, that's something I need. And even take a look at the catalog. You've always said, Alistair, the catalogs are titled in ways in which you resonate with an issue or an idea or uh, probably an experience. So it's pretty easy to go through and say, oh, yeah, this this is something that I'm experiencing right now. Let me dive deeper into it and just see if I can get a couple nuggets to how I can manage it. That's cool. That's cool. So thank you, Oakville. Thank you, Centerville. Um, listen, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.